One NFL team tries to steal away a Denver Broncos quarterback, plus a secret weapon on the offensive side of the ball could be returning very soon. Not to mention it is crossover Thursday. We talk with Kevin Ostriker of Lockdown Ravens to preview Sunday's matchup between the Broncos and the Ravens. We break all that down on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, and both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. And I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day Every single day. And Sarah, my friend, look, we have a little bit of a game preview coming up with Kevin Ostriker, Lockdown Ravens. Excited to talk about that matchup with him. But the Broncos, they had one player that was almost stolen off their practice squad, not to mention one guy might be returning here very soon. It could give them a boost on offense. How you doing, my man? Doing great, Cody. Doing really great. Uh, it's a good day. It's a good day to talk football. Some guys coming back from injury. You know, it, it's been uh, it's been kind of a rough season in that regard so far. But, man, it's exciting. I'm excited to get to talk to Kevin, excited to talk about this matchup a little bit more, and and it's it's a fun time to be a Denver Broncos fan, 3-0. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the Broncos news and notes. Obviously, Vic Fangio met with the media on Wednesday. Graham Glasgow, Dalton Reisner would not practice on Wednesday. They are questionable for Sunday's matchup against the Ravens, so obviously more time for the Broncos to prepare for Quinn Miners and even Natani Muti. But this week, they did announce their practice squad protected list. Obviously, Tyree Cleveland, a wide receiver. Austin Schlopman, who's a guard center. He could play that swing position. Quinn Bailey, and then you have linebacker Curtis Robinson, obviously with Jonas Griffith going to injured reserve. The Broncos need to call up another linebacker, and they they like Curtis Robinson, just not in a starting role yet for the defensive side of the ball, but they like him as a rotational guy. He can earn his stripes here on special teams. You know, no surprise there with some of these moves, obviously with the Broncos' wide receiver depth. David Moore's probably not up to speed yet as to where the Broncos need him, so we'll see how they really work him in. But, you know, Sarah, one of the more interesting storylines so far of yesterday, we found out that uh, one NFL team wanted to steal one of the Broncos' quarterbacks badly, and that was the Houston Texans. They wanted to steal Brett Rippon away, so the Broncos, they said, hey, look, we can't let that happen. They called him up to the active roster. Yeah, they did, and you know me, Cody. I'm I'm not one to you know really enjoy the wasted roster spots, right? We've talked about yeah. Cam Fleming, I don't know how many times on this show, but man, it's it's great for Brett Rippon. I, I love it. I'm glad for him, happy for him as a fellow human being. You get called up to the active roster, you get a bit of a pay boost, and and obviously the Broncos show a, a bit of confidence in him, right? So I think that it'll be interesting to see what this means over the course of the long term. We know Brett Rippon started a game last year, beat the New York Jets in that prime time to get the Broncos off the winless schneid, so to speak. So it'll be really fascinating, though, to see why did they do this? What is the point? What is the point of protecting him from going to a different team if you're protecting him from potentially going to a situation where he could actually play? So that will be interesting to see over the course of this next you know however many weeks to see how that plays out to see what the broncos are doing here with brett rippon and to see if there's potential future trade interest between either you know him or drew Locke or who knows what who, who knows what it could be if they just love brett rippon and his long-term potential as a coach i don't know um, but obviously he's too valuable to the qb room to let go 
Yeah, they view him as a, a potential career-long backup for the organization, and, and probably more so than Drew Locke. And who knows what the situation is going to be with Drew. I mean, but it's interesting enough with Houston. They have Tyrod Taylor. Yes, he's on IR. He'll return in a few weeks. Jeff Driscoll. They have Davis Mills. And they still have Deshaun Watson on the roster. Interesting enough that they want to steal away Brett Rippon. I wonder what that move is really about. But, Sarah, there is one player that could make his return here very shortly that could provide a big boost, not just to the Broncos' offense, but special teams. Mike Boone returned to practice on Wednesday, and he's got that window period where they're going to see how ready he is. They're not going to rush him back. Obviously, with a hamstring or a quad injury, you want to take your time because muscles, all it takes is one wrong movement to set you back. Uh, Obviously, the talk of camp was Mike Boone. Mike Boone was electric, and he went down off seeing that training camp practice against the Vikings. What type of element do you think he could provide to the Broncos if he makes his return this week? Or maybe if not this week, next week? Well, I think he's one of the few guys on the Broncos offense offense right now that's a sub four five speed guy right so Mike Boone is somebody that I think is underrated he, he played special teams primarily with Minnesota like you talked about but he had some really explosive games he had some explosive regular season games not just preseason work either so came into the NFL the same time as Philip Lindsay 2018 undrafted free agent class representing so It'll be it'll be fun to see if he does get a chance to play. I think he's just vastly different than Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. And of course, Melvin Gordon is still fast. We know he had the twenty one point five two or whatever it was miles per hour uh, uh, run against the New York Giants. So he's shown that explosive speed. But Mike Boone is even faster than that. He ran a four 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 coming out of college, and he brings big time speed to the offense. And that's just something the Broncos don't have right now, unless you're talking about pound for pound with like Noah Fant and Albert Okwuebunam. So with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, of course, relatively speaking, are fast guys. But you need a dynamic element of speed. And I think that's what a lot of these guys that are being protected on the practice squad that could be called up for this game in particular. You talk about Mike Boone, Curtis Robinson, Tyree Cleveland. All those guys are very fast for their position and could be playing big roles this week against a, a fast Baltimore Ravens team as well. Ah, speed. Matching speed with speed, I think, is always a great opportunity for the Broncos. Obviously, we'll see if Mike Boone makes his return. Can't wait to see him. Really wonder if the Broncos will go with a by-committee approach when that happens. With three backs, we've seen them going two, but because of the fact he can contribute on special teams, and he has a special dynamic as a running back. I'm excited to see Mike Boone unleashed whenever he is healthy, Sarah. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. Sarah and myself, we're going to talk with Kevin Ostriker, host of the Lockdown Ravens, to preview Sunday's matchup between the Ravens and the Denver Broncos. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Get Upside. And you never have to pay full price at the pump ever again with the Get Upside app, which you can download in the Google Play Store or your app store on your phone. What GetUpside allows you to do is you can travel as much as you want and you can get cash back today every time that you fill up your gas tank. And if you use promo code TOUCHDOWN, you can get an additional 25 cents when you fill up your tank today. That's up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up today with the GetUpside app. For those who travel a lot like myself or even Sarah, we both travel a lot and GetUpside allows us to get a little bit of cash back and we never pay full price at the gas pump anymore. You can make up to $200 to $300 per month in cash back alone, depending on how much you drive and how often you use the GetUpside app. Not to mention you can cash out easily by sending it to your bank account, to your PayPal, not to mention even gift cards or Amazon or other brands you get access to with the GetUpside app. So once again, promo code TOUCHDOWN is going to get you up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill today with the GetUpside app. 
It is Crossover Thursday all across the Locked On NFL Network. Locked On Broncos talking with Locked On Ravens. And we're joined by Kevin Ostriker, host of the Locked On Ravens podcast. I'm Cody Rourke, and this is Sarah Benninger of Locked On Broncos. And what a fun and entertaining matchup that we have to break down here today for Sunday, week four action. And Kevin, you know, first off, let's start things off by talking to you about the Baltimore Ravens. An interesting team, to say the least, when you look at week one, an overtime thriller against the Las Vegas Raiders, where it just looked like at the end they were gassed against that high-octane offense that Derek Carr and the Raiders have. Week two, they go in, you know, they have a home game, and they go in and they just demolish the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though it was a shootout, they took advantage. Lamar had a great time. And then in week three, just a different surprise, going on the road to Detroit, and then it's a close game where they have to kick a game-winning, record-breaking field goal in order to come out on top. And you said it before we went on air. They're 10 seconds away from either being 3-0 and or 0-3. What has the Ravens season been like for you so far covering the team? You know, guys, I don't know if there's a word to describe this season. It's been crazy, wacky, wild. I mean, everything. And that's right. That This Ravens team is, they could be 0-3. They could be 3-0. They found kind of middle ground at 2-1. But... Obviously, the injuries have been a huge factor for this team. The Ravens lose every carry yard touchdown that they had in their running back room from 2020 with injuries to J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and even Justice Hill. Marcus Peters goes down with the torn ACL. This team has, for the last couple of weeks, had at least 15 players on injured reserve. Now they're expecting to get a couple guys back in practice this week. But it's been it's been a crazy one so far, and you know for for everything that's happened at least throughout these first couple of weeks, a two and one record, all things considered, is pretty good right now for this team. Definitely is. You know, Broncos fans can relate a little bit. The 2015 Super Bowl season was you know basically a six point or less every single game. You know, eleven wins, six points or less. It was one heart attack after another. It felt like just every week, just hanging on edge, but. I'm interested to know, you know, I've been really impressed by by a, a particular rookie on the defense. I'll let you go ahead and, and talk about him. Um, but, man, coming off the edge, uh, Odafe Owe, am I saying that right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I got so used to calling him Jason, but I love watching this kid play. He's explosive off the edge. He, terror, he terrorized Derek Carr, man. He made life, you know, kind of tough on, on our, our, you know, one of our nemesis, Derek Carr. So I enjoyed watching that. Definitely wanted a different outcome in this game. Cody and I were Ravens fans for a day. But talk about this defense <laughs> and in particular that explosive rookie. Yeah, enough I always had to step up definitely in this in this season so far. The Ravens. Signing Justin Houston was a huge move. You know, he really boosts this Ravens pass rush, but, you know, they need other guys. It can't just be Justin Houston. And always so far, a lot of people labeled him as a project coming out of Penn State. Obviously, no sacks in 2020, which was a pretty big storyline for him, but it seemed like he was just like a hair away or a fingernail away from getting to the quarterback a lot. He, he's a disruptor, plays the run really well, has freakish athletic traits. And now we've seen those athletic traits kind of translate into NFL production where he has that forced fumble against Clyde Edwards Lair in week two that really turns the tides of that game and is able to put Lamar Jackson in that offense in a situation to win the football game on that fourth and one, which, you know, was a, a whole other journey in itself. But Owe ha- gets his first career sack in the NFL in week one against the Raiders. So it takes no time kind of putting that no sack narrative to bed. He's someone who's had to step up in a big way. So the Ravens didn't have Justin Houston because he was on the COVID list. Same thing with another outside linebacker in Jalen Ferguson. So overall, Owe has 
had to step up in a pretty big way. A lot of people maybe thought that it could have taken a couple of years for him to really contribute, but he's already stepped up in a big way over the first couple of weeks. Well, I, I call him a no way, oh way, you know, for some of the plays <laughs> that he had there. But yeah, I agree with you. His athletic traits and explosiveness, something that stands out on film. Well, there's another player that's explosive, stands out on film. I, I don't think I really have to say who he is, but he plays quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, just such a fun talent to watch. Ever since we saw him really enter the, as a rookie, I mean, People are trying to figure out, how do you stop Lamar Jackson? And I think that's still a question right now that defensive coordinators are saying. Now, Vic Fangio earlier this week said it's like Barry, ja- Barry Sanders is playing quarterback. Like, that's what it's like playing against Lamar Jackson. Now, the question I think that many people have had about Lamar and his evolution as a QB is making sure he can evolve as a passer, which we've seen them do that in the last couple of years. Now, you have Sammy Watkins, who comes over from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos have familiarity going up against him, a big-bodied wide receiver. Then you have Marquise Hollywood-Brown, who is just a prolific playmaker, struggled with a few drops. Now, in this matchup, particularly against the Broncos secondary, how do you see maybe the passing game trying to get going here for this Ravens offense? Where, look, last week the Jets couldn't even pass the ball, and they couldn't run the ball against Denver. What challenges do you think that presents for Lamar and company? Yeah, Denver has a great secondary, and and the Ravens are going to have to pass the ball a little bit to win this football game at least. And we saw what the Ravens could do with more of a passing game script as opposed to a rushing one in week three. The Lions really keyed in on the run. And Lamar Jackson, you know, the the stats will show 16 at 31, 287 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But you mentioned it there, the drops were huge. Marquise Brown has three touchdowns pretty much glanced off of his hands. So the stat line could have looked a lot better for Lamar Jackson. But against this Denver secondary that has plenty of talented playmakers, Rashad Bateman is expected to return to practice this week. I don't really see him playing. You know, I think they're going to want to ramp him up into game shape and maybe put him on the field in week five. So they're going to have to rely on Brown to have a bounce back performance. Sammy Watkins as well. Mark Andrews, you know, this could be a, a big Mark Andrews game that the Broncos have some guys who could run with him, but you know, the Ravens, it, a couple of years, or at least for the last couple of seasons, we've seen, all right, who's going to be the receiver? Is it going to be Marquise Brown's week, or is it going to be Mark Andrews' week? And then they've kind of moved away from that because now they have a lot more talent in the backfield than Mark Jackson. Also, kind of taking what he's given a little bit more, checking down to running backs, which I think has been a pretty big evolution in his game. So he'll take the short stuff as opposed to trying to make things happen. So against the Denver secondary that has playmakers, a lot of guys are going to have to step up. But Jackson has thrown the ball well so far through these first couple of weeks, and he's on pace for over 4,000 passing yards for any passing yard guys out there. So he's doing a lot more with the football throwing, and he's also that threat on the ground as well. He absolutely is. I love watching Lamar Jackson play the game. He's, he's just so much fun. One of the most efficient passers in the game. Crazy enough, I mean, the Ravens have been at the bottom of the league for a few years in terms of passing attempts, and yet somehow almost league leaders in touchdown passes. So doesn't get much more efficient than that, right? So uh, I'm interested to to know what your thoughts are about attacking Teddy Bridgewater. You know, we talked a little bit about specifically Odafe Owe, um, but how about that Ravens coverage unit going up against Teddy Bridgewater, one of the one of the most efficient passers in the game right now himself, um, one of the league leaders in completion percentage, QB rating. Um, he's just taking good care of the football, and this Ravens secondary we know likes to be aggressive. So talk about that secondary and how you think they're going to attack Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, well, not even just a secondary. This whole defense is, is super, super aggressive, one of the highest blitz rates in the NFL. I mean, against Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense, I'm sure it hurt them to not blitz as much as they wanted to because you just can't blitz Patrick Mahomes and, and win most of the time. 
But the secondary has suffered a couple of losses. I mentioned Marcus Peters. He's somebody who is a huge part of what the Ravens do on defense. His playmaking ability is something that really can't be replaced. So they've had to kind of patchwork this unit together a little bit. Marlon Humphrey is still one of the best in the league. You know, he can probably match up on, on, on a couple guys on this offense. I'd assume it probably will be Corton Sutton for a lot of the game. But, you know, Tim Patrick was also evolved. So that might be a matchup for Anthony Averett, who has kind of stepped into Marcus Peters, that role that Marcus Peters played. And he's played really good football so far. In the back end, Deshaun Elliott, right now, we don't know a ton about his injury. It could be a couple weeks for him. The safety, Chuck Clark had a really nice game as the other safety. He, he's kind of the heart and soul, the heartbeat of that defense, or at least one of them. He wears the green dot, really good communicator. The Ravens love blitzing, though, and I keep going back to blitzing because it's not just, you know, that they'll blitz both their linebackers and they'll they'll put four at the line and then guys will come off the edge. They will put, like, nine guys at the line and say, guess who's coming? And then on one play, they'll send everybody, and on another play, they'll drop back all but three. So defense is so hard to predict. Now, Bridgewater, he, he's been around the league. He, he's a very smart player. He knows he's able to identify and he has weapons around him now, obviously not the weapons that he started the year with, unfortunately, but still he, he has enough to go out there. The Ravens have been a, a bit of a porous defense so far. I think part of that does have to do with all the injuries and new faces and just having to adjust. So if they get guys back, they could maybe adjust to it. But I think the Ravens are going to try to blitz Teddy Bridgewater, make him a bit uncomfortable, have him roll out a bit and see what he can do there and make him beat them that way. Well, I'm excited to see how the matchup really pans out. That's going to be one big key to the game. And we're going to flip the script coming up here in just a moment. Kevin's going to ask Sarah and I a bunch of questions about the Broncos and maybe how we can look at this matchup a little bit more in depth. But before we do that, folks, let us tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode, Crossover Thursday. It's our good friends over there, rockauto.com and betonline.ag. Now with rockauto.com, if you need anything for your vehicle, they have everything, literally. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, based on year, make, model. You get to choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. Not to mention prices at rockauto.com. They are always reliably low, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. Do you need something for your vehicle now, or are you working on a project in the garage? rockauto.com has you covered. Not to mention, they make it easy for you because they send everything that you order directly to your doorstep. I've personally bought several things, from a sun shield to keep the UV rays out of my leather black interior seat of my car. It's, it's like a sauna every time I get in. I've also bought a brand new steering wheel cover because the sun has also melted the leather that I have on my steering wheel. So rockauto.com came in clutch in the fourth quarter. They sent me everything that I needed. So I want you to check out rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Lockdown Broncos or Lockdown Ravens in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and our good friends over there betonline.ag we are approaching week four of nfl action and betonline.ag is the number one source for all things professional football and college football every single week and not to mention with a new updated site and interface they make it easy for you to find out the newest odds the latest props and all the contests that are out there at betonline.ag and we want you to go there right now to the website or use your mobile device to pull the betonline.ag app today and sign up today and make sure you use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match bonus that's almost initial the double your first deposit you get that back betonline.ag so check it out today betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all 
all your favorite sports action. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Kevin, I'm going to turn the keys to the car to you, my friend. Obviously, a lot of great insight about the Ravens, but let's take a look at it from another angle for both of these teams, man. The, the floor is all yours. Yeah, guys, Cody's there. I, I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this when I was telling you guys off screen. First of all, before we talk about football, the Denver <laughs> Nuggets are going to do something this year. Let me tell you, I am a Denver Love Nuggets it. fan. And Nikola Jokic did deserve that MVP. He is not the worst MVP in league history. I heard that a lot. That's some that's some bogus. But we have some football to talk about here. A good matchup, I think, between these 3-0 Denver Broncos, the, the two-in-one Baltimore Ravens. And, and first, I, I have to ask about the quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater, I think, has been a great addition to this team. A, a lot of people maybe wanted Drew Locke to succeed in this offense, but it just hasn't happened so far. And Bridgewater's been a guy who has done a lot of good things so far over the first three games for Denver. So what was the initial reaction of the Bridgewater move when the Broncos made it? And has it really lived up to expectations and honestly gone far beyond that? Yeah, you know, I would say that both Sarah and I, like going through the process watching the preseason games, I think Sarah and I both thought, we thought Drew Locke was probably going to be named the starter, but we also heard rumblings as to why maybe Teddy would be the guy. And Teddy didn't buckle really under pressure. Drew Locke had a, a rough final two preseason games and nothing really due to his own fault. It's really the offensive line. And he took a couple of sacks because of pressure on the inside. And I think we each wanted Drew Locke to succeed because for the Broncos, we looked at it as, okay, they made this investment to go get a young quarterback in round number two you got to give him every opportunity to go out and do it. But I tell you what, both Sarah and myself, I, I, I'm comfortable speaking for him on this because we talk about it on the podcast. Uh, we, we're very blown away. We've been very surprised by how Teddy has been so far through three games, not only just from the quarterback efficiency standpoint, just from a leadership standpoint and how it's propelled other guys around the Broncos. It's really got this unit. It's got every guy believing on the offensive side of the ball, on the defensive side of the ball. There's just this different vibe right now with the Broncos, and I think it's really from a leadership standpoint and his play is supporting that, that I don't think that Drew Locke has just yet. Not to say he can't have that, but it gives the Broncos, I think, a new dynamic right now that's giving them life so far to kind of inspire this 3-0 stretch. But we've been blown away by Teddy's performance and his poise so far through three games. Yeah, and honestly, guys, I have too. And, and speaking of a new dynamic, the Broncos run game right now, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, two guys who really complement each other well. And, and I know a lot of the people coming into this year said, all right, this is Melvin Gordon's backfield, but as the year goes on, people will start to see more and more of Javante Williams. And look, honestly, I, I think both have looked pretty good, pretty impressive. Gordon has 42 carries compared to Javante Williams in his 39. Do you expect that split to kind of continue that way and have it be pretty even? Or would you expect, at least in this game, that maybe Gordon gets more run? Or is it going to be Williams who you think might get the brunt of the work? I think they're going to continue to really split it evenly. You know, we saw some really good stuff from both guys in the first three games. In the third game against the New York Jets, though, we saw a couple of pretty pretty big errors by Javante Williams, a couple of rookie mistakes. So I think that he he's kind of gotten so hyped up. You know, he's been compared by a number of people, including some in the Broncos front office, to guys like Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara. I mean, every name has been thrown out there. Vic Fangio even said, you know, you could trust this guy in any situation in the game, and he hadn't seen that since Edger and James. So shout out to all the '90s kids who who loved watching it, <laughs> Edger and James and Ricky Williams back in the day, but. Man, I, I mean, the, the pressure on him has been tremendous. And the Broncos have a couple injuries on the interior offensive line right now, and they were struggling a little bit to kind of figure out. It looks like their they're blocking scheme against a lot of loaded boxes. Teams are daring Teddy Bridgewater to throw the ball. And, of course, he's done a pretty good job of that. But at the same time, it's been a bit 
of tough sledding for the running back. So I would say up to this point, Melvin Gordon has looked a, a quite a bit better than Javante Williams, although Javante has shown some really nice things in terms of creating yardage after contact, which is what we know coming out of North Carolina. We knew he was going to do that well. We saw him bowl over the entire Miami Hurricanes defense on one play. So we knew he was going to bring that to the table, and he has. Um, but it's been uh, the Melvin Gordon, you know, running back one that's been proven accurate at this point. Yeah, no, definitely. And and honestly, when looking at the Broncos' weapons, Gordon and Williams, both great weapons to have in the run game. But in the pass game, look, Ra- the Ravens know all about injuries. <laughs> and, and I know the Broncos are kind of going through a few right now. Jerry Judy with a, a big injury himself. K.J. Hamler now gone. The Broncos still have a couple of pass-catching weapons. Obviously, Corden Sutton is there. Tim Patrick, Noah Fant. The Ravens have had a ton of huge tight end matchups. Week one, it was Darren Waller. Week two, Travis Kelsey. Week three, TJ Hawkinson. And now they get Fant in week four. So all those weapons on the Denver offense, although they are down a few, has Teddy Bridgewater kind of established a big connection with any of these guys so far? Who would you expect the Ravens to kind of key in on or hope or, you know, for everybody who is rooting for the Baltimore Ravens, hope that the Ravens key in on? And who are a couple guys on the offense that kind of fly under the radar in terms of weapons on this offense? Yeah, it's been very balanced by Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, week one, Noah Fant had various targets, but Jerry Judy was probably the most targeted wide receiver that week against the Giants. He had six catches, 72 yards before his injury. Week two, we see them really kind of force-feed Cortland Sutton and had 12 targets. He had nine catches and over 150 yards receiving through the air. And then last week, we saw Tim Patrick get five targets. You know, he had five catches, 98 yards through the air. So it's just like from the last three weeks, we've seen them go to various players. So it's like, who are the Broncos going to go to this week? I think that regardless of Cortland Sutton, he's obviously a big-time playmaker. Tim Patrick has emerged as that reliable playmaker for the Broncos. And then you have Noah Fan, but keep maybe keep an eye on Albert Okuwebunam this week, the Broncos' number two tight end. If they go more 12 or 13 personnel, we're going to see him involved more as a pass receiver. And he's had some bits and pieces, some spurts, where he's been used as a receiver in week one, week two, and a little bit last week. But maybe they increase the load a little bit this week for him, depending on what the Ravens do. If they blitz very aggressively and go some cover zero, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Broncos get the tailbacks, either Melvin or Javante uh, going in the passing game there in terms of most targets. It's certainly possible. I mean, if we saw the Pittsburgh Steelers throw the ball to Najee Harris that many times, he had over 100 yards receiving on check down Ben Roethlisberger. Look, I think it depends on how the Broncos defense, I mean, how the Broncos offense plays this Ravens defense. It could be anybody right now. And I think that's the benefit of all the depth that the Broncos currently have. Yeah, depth is such a good thing at the NFL level, especially when a team does have to deal with so many injuries. But guys, I didn't want to get a defensive question in here and just talk about how impressive it's been through three weeks. You look at the Denver stat categories on defense, you see one, two, three, you know, they're, they're like top five in almost everything, pretty much. They've given up less points through three games and the Ravens gave up in one to the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, and, and also in their week one game. How impressed have you guys been with this defense so far? And what are a couple strengths and weaknesses that Ravens fans should know about heading into this game? Well, been extremely impressed. You know, when the Broncos hired Vic Fangio as their head coach, you go back and look at pretty much any defense that he coached over the course of the last decade plus. And it took about two to three years for those units to go from maybe the bottom of the league before he got there to being in the top five, top three, and not three. You know what I'm saying? So he's definitely coached this unit up. And he's got a lot of guys who, like you talked about, the 
safety for the Ravens who has the green dot, who communicates extremely well. The Broncos lost their green dot guy in Josie Jewell, but they have a ton of players that communicate extremely well, especially on the back end. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, they kind of they play a too high safety shell that they just kind of alternate between who comes up and who attacks the running game. They've got cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Pat Sertan. All those guys are so smart and they play smart. They don't they don't give up a lot of big plays. I mean, even the big plays that Kyle Fuller has given up, he's kind of tripped a little bit on the back end of those things. So these guys are playing exceptionally well at all levels. Von Miller is back. He's healthy. He looks explosive. He looks like the Von Miller from 2015 when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, which is crazy because like, like Von Miller, I'm turning 32 this year. He's a 32-year-old man. So it's awesome to see him flying around out there. Even without Bradley Chubb, Malik Reed has done a tremendous job for two years. So the weakness in this defense is probably going to be where the void from Josie Jewell being out. Justin Sternot is a young player. The Broncos still have high expectations for him. They expect him to come in and play well. They did even when he was a fifth round rookie coming out of Wake Forest. But that's probably going to be your best bet is say the play breaks down. Lamar Jackson is looking for guys in the scramble drill. Can Justin Sternod keep up with Mark Andrews? Can he keep up with the slot receiver or whoever he's covering? Those types of things. Or if Lamar breaks the pocket, can a guy like Justin Sternod or Alexander Johnson, the other inside linebacker, can they track him down? I think that's going to be your best bet in terms of finding a weakness in this defense is that the initial coverage looks good. How does Lamar Jackson change the game as we know he always does, breaking the play down, getting guys out on scramble drill and making plays himself with his legs. Yeah, yeah, this this defense is one that will be a tough test for the Ravens offense for sure. But I think that's all that we have here on our crossover edition here of both Locked on Ravens and Locked on Broncos for Cody and for Sayer. I'm Kevin signing out here. We'll be back with our respective shows tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And we will see you tomorrow.